This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 162, Shifting Into Summer. You're listening to the Shifting Our Schools podcast with our host, Jeff Utick. Did you know the Shifting Schools team responds to the requests of listeners like you? The content we share, the questions we ask, the resources we build are inspired by the hundreds of emails, tweets, and Facebook messages we get each month. Do you have a topic or resource you'd love to hear Jeff explore? Head over to our show notes to learn more about ways to be heard. Now, on with the show. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm your host, Jeff Udick. I hope this episode finds you safe and healthy. I don't know about you, but one thing always happens to me or has happened to me in the lead up to a vacation or a break. I rush and I work and I run my tank dry. And then I spend the first part of that break exhausted, even sometimes getting sick. In fact, I missed the last week of school, my first year teaching, because, well, I was a first-year teacher, and we probably remember using every sick day we had, but missing the last week of school my first year was not good. Emotionally for me, missing out on the last week with my kiddos, I ran my tank dry between report cards, testing, end-of-the-year procedures, and of course, they were fourth graders. It was all I could manage to make it to the last day of school to say goodbye to my kids. What a miserable way to end the first year of your teaching career. Ever since that first year, though, I work to get better at that, to make sure that when I have a transition coming up, especially at the end of the year, that I try and take the turn slowly. As I've learned more about what it means to have a trauma-informed school and to be a trauma-sensitive educator, I've been reflecting on the reality that an upcoming change in routine can cause a lot of stress, not just for ourselves as educators, but as you know, for some of our students. My wife, being a school counselor, saw this firsthand. When most of us are looking forward to breaks or long weekends, some of our students are not. All of a sudden, kids melt down, they act out, and many times we're not sure why, because we don't know the underlying conditions causing those behaviors. So it's with all of this on my mind lately that I've been reflecting on the following question. What might we do to make this transition safe and meaningful for ourselves and for our students, especially after the year we just had. I'd like to point you to a great post from Edutopia that I read recently called, quote, In Schools, Finding Hope at a Hopeless Time, end quote, by Nora Fleming. I'll leave a link in the show notes to the full article. Let me highlight the quote that's relevant for this episode's conversation. Quote, People always think of hope as squishy, but it's not, said Crystal Bryce, the Associate Director of Research at the Center for Advanced Studies and Practice of Hope at Arizona State University. Quote, hope is cognition and a leading motivation that pushes people to act towards their goals. It's a skill we have to work on and one that we can grow, end quote. According to researchers and psychologists like Bryce, small shifts in curriculum, assignments, and tasks can actually have an effect on how students see themselves and their world. 
We have learned this year in ways big and small that we cannot control everything, but we can work to take control of some things. The free guide that pairs with this episode, which you can find in the show notes or in our library of free resources at shiftingschools.com, is called The Shift to Summer. Inside this free guide, you'll find five steps we can take together to be proactive about valuing our time in the way we want to value it. Because I know that I can't control every aspect of my summer, but I can take active steps towards having some goals for what I would like it to resemble. And I know that when I model that proactively, it can have a ripple effect for others around me. While each of the five steps in our free guide is valuable, I'd like to take a little time to talk about one of the steps, and that's step three, which is write your to-don't list. This idea is one that we've borrowed from organizational psychologist and thought leader Adam Grant. You can learn more about it in the show notes. One thing he put on his to-don't list is to stop mindlessly engaging with screens. And I think we all know from experience that that's easier said than done. This is why our free guide also has two steps to help you think critically about what you want to value this summer and how specifically you want to schedule it. Why should that matter? Well, I too want to spend less wasted time on screens. When I am on, I want to be sure I am really intentional about it. This is because this summer, one of my biggest values is spending time enjoying nature. My wife and I have a goal to either hike or camp twice per month, and we started it in April. I know if I want to prioritize enjoying nature with my family and friends, I have to deprioritize other things. Here's what I found. Once I started my to-don't list, I find I keep adding to it. Now that it's in my head, I think about what I want to make decisions around this summer. Here's my to-don't list as it stands at the recording of this episode. My to-don'ts. Don't check your phone because you are bored. Instead, look at the sky. Don't go looking for your phone just because it's not on you. It's around somewhere. Don't not go outside just because the sun is not out. Remember, Jeff, you live in Seattle. Don't get caught up thinking too far ahead. We're living in a time of radical change. Embrace the change and smile. In episode 157, The Power of Podcasts, I talk about a few of my favorite podcasts, and you know what one way I am guilty of wasting time on my device? Researching new podcasts. So as part of my being intentional about my summer, I asked myself, what value does podcast time bring to my life? Because it does. I believe it has made me a better educator and a more informed person. So I thought about those values, and I've decided that on my to-don't list is researching any more new podcasts. I don't need any more. I made myself a little list of the shows that I have ready on my device, and I've made sure they pair with the way I want to spend my time this summer. I love learning about technology, and I believe EdTech can help us empower student agency, and so I like to keep up on the latest things happening in the tech world. That is why Twit, or This Week in Tech, is on my summer listening list and has been for as long as I've been listening to podcasts. A few of my good friends have recommended a new hit podcast, You're Wrong About, and have told me it is a great podcast for thinking about cognitive biases 
And that's important to me. So it is on my list. Plus I can connect with my friends when we talk more about these episodes and shows. Equity and understanding the role educators play in creating a more equitable community in classrooms and beyond is important to me. So the Leading Equity podcast by Dr. Sheldon Ickens is going to be in my ears and on my mind a lot this summer. I had another one on my list that I just finished while driving a short while ago, and that is a short series with Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen called Renegades, Born in the USA. Highly recommend it. Uh, It's free on Spotify. And the last podcast I'm keeping is the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast. My wife and I listen to it in the car together, and it's how we've learned to invest in real estate over the past couple of years. As we listen, we pause and discuss what they are talking about and how that might apply to our own real estate holdings. For us, way better than playing music. We use our time in the car together to learn together. And that's it. Why am I keeping my list short? I'd say I'm keeping it reasonable. Yes, I could fit more podcasts into my summer. But this summer, I want to carve out more time to tap back into playfulness and being spontaneous. The recent Hetchinger report from Jackie Mader reports the following, quote, play can help bring normalcy back, said Jen DiMalo, director of special projects at Kaboom. This pandemic has brought to light that play is not a luxury. This is a necessity, DiMalo added. We need this. Kids need this to thrive, end quote. The report has an overwhelming amount of evidence that play in schools is paramount to success. We need it. It helps us thrive, and it helps us heal. Schools in Finland know this. Google play-based learning and Finland, and you'll see they have been on it for a long time. So here's the thing. If we want schools to amp up their playfulness, I really think we adult learners need to take the lead and invite it into our lives as well. Play for my wife and I is hiking and camping. It's our playtime. What's playtime for you and your family? I'd love to hear how you might do that in the weeks or months to come. What do you want to value this summer? And how will you act on those values? How will you play this summer? I hope our free guide, The Shift to Summer, might help you and your students answer these questions in some way. Until next time, I'll see you on the network. Thank you for being a part of the hashtag Shifting Schools community. We love when listeners like you weigh in. So head over to our show notes to find ways to share your thoughts. Have a request for a future episode? Jeff and his team love supporting you with the content you need. Shifting Our Schools podcast is a proud production of the Shifting Schools team. Looking for a longer interactive conversation about the ideas shared in this session? Contact us at info at shiftingschools.com to find out about our workshops.